Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And we are super, super excited today to have a guest on, AJ Robb, who's an up-and-coming MMA star and hopefully champion one day. That's what we're putting out there. So, but we wanted to talk with him particularly about, you know, how he got started, how you choose it, and just kind of what motivates him to continue doing what he does. So welcome, AJ. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, so starting out with you have a fight coming up. Yeah, I got a fight uh, January 28th. I'm the main event for uh, Sparta Combat League. I think they're called Sparta Sports Entertainment now. But um, yeah, main event will be my third main event in and, Colorado. Okay, give us the date and the time and uh, place. J- January 28th, Arapahoe County Fairgrounds. I think the doors open at like 6. I'm the main event, so I won't fight until about 9, 30, 10. We're going to put on the show. So how soon can people start getting tickets to this? Today, tomorrow, yeah. I mean, uh, I was supposed to get the tickets physically. You can buy them online right now. You can buy them off on the website. But I like to physically give people their tickets. That means a little bit more you know, to me personally. So uh, I'm supposed to get them. I'm, I'm actually going on Monday up to Denver. I'm not Denver, but Boulder to do um, a photo shoot, you know, photo shoot pro- promotion and stuff for them. So hopefully I get my tickets there. They're supposed to send them. They said they sent them like two weeks ago, but I still haven't gotten them. So. Mm. But, but yeah, I have the tickets. Oh, phys- awesome. Physically on me too. So, you know, you can always find AJ on uh, Facebook and hit him up for some tickets. Yes, <laughs> right. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on it all. There you go. So, how long have you been doing MMA? Let's start with that. Started my first fight was in 2014. So, I'm eight years deep. Uh, went pro in 2017. Five years, been a, been a pro for five years. I went nine and one as an amateur, number one fighter in Colorado at 125 and 135. Then I moved to New Mexico after I was after I had my pro debut, one and zero. Moved to New Mexico, lost two fights, twenty eighteen, bad year for me. Five and two now though, five and two now, four fight win streak. Should keep rolling it up. So you know, kind of said two thousand eighteen was a bad year for you. So how is it you bounce back from that? Because you often see that, and you know, we see that with uh, anybody who follows MMA when you have that thing where you're winning and then you do that thing of losing. What motivates you to continue, and what is your process? Well, that definitely 2018 because that's when I, that's when I first moved to New Mexico. So I took a fight on like 13 day notice against a four, and I was one and zero. Fought a four and zero. Lost. I was beating him. I was beating really good. Gassed out. Got choked out in the second in the second round. Only every time I've been choked out, and that was like okay. So that was like oh damn. I, I you know I need to I need to focus. I need to do it because before before that fight when I, like I said I took it on 13 day notice I was partying, doing my thing, drinking, all that. So then I knew I had to refocus. So. All was refocusing, and I fought again in November. So I fought that fight in June, and I fought in November, and I lost to the same camp, the same team that just beat me in June. So I was like, okay, now I really got to refocus. Just realign everything, train the way I know how to train, train the way I know how to be a champion. I, you know, I, I, certain way I trained where I know like, I could feel it in my fight camp. Like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm on champion status level, and that's that's what it was. Just getting back to, hey, you're not a loser. One and two, one and two. It's, you know, look, you know, you can start questioning yourself. Is this really for me? Am I really, am I really that good? Or, you know, do I suck? You know, you ask yourself a bunch of questions when you lose. Cause it's not like, you know, like a, let's say like a basketball game, like a football game. You're going to, you going to play every week. You're going to play, you know, if I lose a fight, I can't fight next weekend. I got to wait two months, three months, however long it's going to take to the next fight. So, um, that's what I just wanted to bounce back. So I lost that fight in November, 2018 and I fought again, January, 2019 and been on a roll ever since then. Just got my mind right. Refocused. Yeah, definitely. That's all I was, just refocusing. Just Could you talk about, so people, and one of the things I, you know, when I'm working with people in sports is they can often get the 
physical piece. They can do that piece. They can do the trainings and that, but it's the headspace. Yeah, definitely. That's the most, I'm going to say that's 90% of it is, is mental. That's, you got to, got to have that 10% is putting the work in, working out, working hard, getting your conditioning in, all that. That's just 10% of it. 90% of it is, is in your head is, okay, how can you mentally get there, mentally focused? You know, that's, that's like, even now with having a child and, and, um, trying to balance all that, being a dad on top of training all the time, on top of, uh, you know, bills, money, this, that, and third, just be able to mentally, if you're mentally there, if you're, if you're in that good space where you're mentally there, then you, you can be a champion, you can do whatever you want when you're mentally, but if you're not, if you're off your game, if your things ain't right at home, blah, 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 like, you know, you, you, it'll show in that case, it'll show out there because you ain't going to be all the way there. Yeah. Is there anything you do going ahead? Do you feel like that you have a good support system for that as far as, you know, like a mentorship or, or the mental piece of it? That- yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely have great support, great support at home. Uh, like my last fight, I was, you know, I was supposed to fight in August. That, I don't know why I missed weight and all that was because mentally, I mentally failed. I mentally broke. It had nothing to do with me, my physical ability. Mm-hmm. I just mentally lost it at, there at the end of the, at the fight camp. So, um, yeah, just... Having to focus on that, you know, you got to put what's really important to you. We use the acronym WIN, what's important now. What's okay. important now. So you got to focus on what's important now. You know, yeah. so that's just a big thing. Just mentally, you got to stay there. You got to stay in that, in that mindset and that in that process. Because if you don't, we said that last fight, I didn't. I didn't. I let, I let outside factors get to me to where I'm, I was focused on my fight. I did the right training. I did everything I was supposed to do for the fight. I just, at the end, broke. So... Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, things like that happen. Well, I think that's the human component in everything that we do. And I think that sometimes people who they're, when they're watching professional sports, even, you know, or MMA, and they're sitting there and, you know, the person goes out who they really respect or whatever, and they lose. It's almost like, well, what didn't you do right? And I think sometimes people forget that it's a balancing act. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you're still a dad at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. You still have to provide for your family at the end of the day and how you kind of balance all those things out. And you're right. There's such a mental component to it. We're not our job. Yeah, definitely. There's so much more to it. And so you were training here in Springs and then you went to Albuquerque because you wanted a different team or? Yeah, yeah. I wanted a different team. I think that here it was either go up to Denver, go train at uh, the top gyms they got out there, Factory X, Elevation. Those are the two best gyms in Denver. It was either go up go up to Denver or uh, I just get away, you know, too, too close to home, too just, you know, like I said, mentally, mentally, I had to refocus and, and, and put myself in a in a different position, put myself in a, in a spot where I'm not comfortable, we get uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's what I was. I, I just moved to, I love it here, and I come back, every time I come back, I, you know, I come in, I got places to train, a bunch of different gyms I can train at, a bunch of different people who support me and, and follow the journey, so I'm blessed here, I'm, I'm, I'm actually moving back after this fight, I'm moving back out here, um, <laughs> just, just to get my son back over here around his family, like I said, it's too, you know, just me and my girl out there in Albuquerque, it's like too much, that's too much stress. Because then we don't got no time with each other alone. Yeah. Uh, it's baby, 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 mm-hmm. 24-7. It's like, okay, I told her, like, hey, we need to go back home so we can have family around us. We can have a little bit of help, you know, just because yeah. that, that's a, it takes a village to raise your children, you know. So, yes. yeah, we move back here after this after this next fight and just... Um, your little one is a cutie, man. I no, appreciate he you. Is, appreciate man. It. He's fun. He's so fun. We follow AJ. Ter- and we always teams. looking at your... Uh, <laughs> He's on those terrible twos right now. Oh man! I hate to tell you, it's the threes. It's the threes. Oh man! I hope I hope by three he understands when I'm when I tell him no. Oh no! That's sixteen. No, when they leave home. When they leave, uh, yeah. Oh, when that kicks in. Yeah, no. I told I, I told my lady. I said, "Dang!" I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I know I was bad, but 
I don't know what's up with this guy. <laughs> Getting a double dose. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. It's that energy. No, it's fun. He's fun. It's definitely, definitely a good time. Love my son more than anything. Definitely a great time. Sure. And I think that's kind of the cool thing, I think, even for you. Now, does your son go to your fights? He went to my last one, yeah. He went to my last one. I haven't fought since December 2021. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he went to that one. That was the first fight he ever been to. Yeah, it was a good time. Oh, good cool. Time. Good. He was asleep by the end of it, but he had a good time. <laughs> yeah. Getting tossed around all the families. You know, for my last fight, like, we get 100, 200 people out there. Just It's a nice love, support, support from all my people from the south side of Springs. All my people in Denver just got a bunch of mad support. So it's always like a family reunion. It's basically, you know, it's a high school reunion, too. Everyone from high school comes back. Just a great time. Everyone gets to see people they haven't seen in so long. So I guess that was... A nice segue into the thing. Do you have people in your life who, you know, whether it's, you know, you met them at school or that have just kind of been on this journey with you this entire yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bunch. Of, I got a bunch of people. I got a, I got a whole group of uh, my people, you know, who I call my brothers now. You know, we have that relationship. To, you know, those are my brothers. They come to every fight. I mean, when, even when I fought in Arizona, I had five, six people drive all the way to Arizona, come watch me fight in Arizona. Awesome. Um, I lost, but it was cool. Yeah, they, they, they support. I got support all the time. Good. You know? I got some of my friends, they, they like to talk shit to each other, like, I missed one fight. I, you missed two fights. You know, they get into like, you, you were not that fight. Yeah, so, yeah, it's dope, man. It's dope. It's dope to have that support and just that love. Just, yeah. yeah, everyone, my parents rocking with me, everyone. Just, mm. Well, you know, one of the things uh, we notice is that you've also, the food truck. Yeah, Roll Up. You, mm-hmm. The Roll Up, you really support that yeah, business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the people who own Roll Up. So it's my buddy Bryce. I went to high school with him. So I went. I, okay. I, he was a year ahead of me. He graduated. Bryce and his mom was a teacher too. Mm-hmm. Uh, real, real cool people. But right away when they started, he was like, "Hey, I want to sponsor you for your fight." And because I'd always I supported him when he had the little he had a little sweet treat. So he started off with a little sweet treat truck. They moved up to a, the roll up truck, and then they moved into the restaurant they got now. Right. Uh, but every they, they sponsor me every month. They've been sponsoring me since the beginning of my pro career. The only the, the one sponsor who sponsored me, you know, no problem since the jump. So. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I like them. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed by them. They definitely support me, and uh, I support them. Nothing but blessings for them. I think that's what's kind of cool, though, is that when people are supporting each other's business, and you know, when you're an MMA fighter, that is your business. Yeah, definitely. You know, y- yours just happens to be AJ Rob. That's your business. That's what you, in that building that up in order to have that fan support, but also the sponsorships and all that. And for people who don't know. When you're up and coming and stuff like that, sponsors are important. But explain yeah. why. Uh, sponsors are important just because basically if I get enough sponsors, which which I did this fight camp, uh, blessed enough to have enough sponsors, but I can just train full time. If I don't have enough sponsors, then I got to get a job. I got I work on the weekends. I referee little kids on the weekends, uh, soccer, football, all that. Make some extra money and, you know, have a little bit of money in my pocket. But the sponsors, yeah, they, they help tremendously to, to, so I can focus on my training, on my goals. Like imagine... What I tell people is like, imagine if LeBron James had to had to go work every weekend instead of focus on basketball. Exactly. Instead of you know do his thing because he has to make some money. Like the sponsors help tremendously because then I can focus. Right. So that's what the sponsorship sponsorship make you know keep me right so I don't have to worry about this and, and that. Everything's paid for. Everything's good to go. Awesome. We're good to go. Well, I think that's important. You know, so anybody out there listening, you know, when there's a business like that, and particularly I think sports figures use a lot of uh, sponsorship because. It's not like a job. It's not like if you're working for a corporation or things like that. So those sponsorships are really, really important. So that's another really good thing if you're a small business supporting other small fighters or whoever it is through sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Is It's another way that I think that small business community interacts with each other and supports each other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So if you're out there listening, AJ's going to have another fight 
So. Mm-hmm. Looking <laughs> yeah. for sponsors. Yeah. January 28th. Hit me up. Facebook. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> when you're training, what for you is the hardest piece for you? The hardest piece for me training? Um, running, probably. I probably I hate running. Uh, but you, but you got to do it. You got to do it. Got to um, get that cardio in. Yeah, got to do your cardio. Yeah, probably the running. The running. I don't. My dad would do it, but I prefer not to. But mm-hmm. yeah, running. Just um. We know it's funny. Our audience knows we follow MMA, but it's so much of the time. You know, you talked about missing weight the last time, and how many times we see that. You know, and we're talking. You know, with the UFC because we follow UFC mm-hmm. more. We do do some Bellator, but UFC is the one main one. And how many times it's like on that day away, and it's like, oh no, this fight's canceled because somebody didn't make weight, or if they're going to fight, they lose part of their purse. You mm-hmm. know, and those kind of things. How hard is that? Because you have to be in that little window, that sweet spot for weight. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's probably the hardest part. Is uh, it's always hard. It's hard for anybody to you know to lose weight. Because you know, I've, I've dropped maybe twenty pounds. I'm, this next fight's at one forty five. I'm one sixty five. I'm gonna lose twenty pounds to make that weight. But I'm gonna be one forty five for you know an hour of my life, and I'm gonna be right back to one sixty five after I weigh in. But yeah, that's the hard. That that's the battle, dude. What a lot of people what we all say is like that's your first fight. Your first fight is beating that scale. Right. Go stand on that scale. Make your weight, beat the scale. Now, now go have fun. You know that's the hard part. That's the stressful part. You know you got to diet. You know, oh, am I gonna make it? Or, you know you're in the sauna, or you're or you're in, you're in your sweatsuit, or you're, you're you know doing your workout. And you just want to you want to give up. You're like oh, I don't want to do this no more. I want to quit. I can't. I'm not gonna make it. You know you get a bunch of doubts, and then you got you got your support system, your coaches. And now you got it. You got it. Do do your thing. You got it. And as soon as you see yourself on the scale and you make that weight, that's everything. As soon as you see it, just so much stress relief. After you make that way, because then okay, now I can eat whatever I want, rehydrate, do what I got to do to get back to this. When I step in the cage, be like I say, twenty pounds more than when I just weighed in the day before. So it's like, I think when people sit there and think, well, that makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you want me to get down to one forty-five, but I'm really gonna fight at one sixty-five, and the person you're fighting may be at one seventy-five. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Because you, you know, and that's funny because we often hear that, and you'll see that when they go to the weigh-ins, and then you watch them when they get in the ring, and it's like. Where'd that other half a person come on? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's insane. I was say they 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 say well, I think like Joe Rogan's always like it's, it's basically cheating. It's basically cheating. But if you're wrestling, I'm I'm wrestling my whole life, and that's what we you know. I wrestle. I'm way in at 103, but by the end of that day, I'm 115 pounds, 120 pounds. Wrestling, you don't get as big as the MMA because the MMA wrestling, you know, you weigh in. So for wrestling, I weigh in at 7 a.m. I'm wrestling at 9 a.m. For fighting, so when you bring that same mindset to fighters the, like fighters me the rest of their whole life and you tell me hey you're gonna weigh in friday but you're not fighting until saturday night so you're telling me i get a whole day to rehydrate and that's beautiful I, yeah. sure i can i'll kill myself and, and get down to 145 real quick and, and weigh in and be cool and, and you tell me i get a whole day to rehydrate i don't have to because imagine if, if fighters had to weigh in at 7 a.m then we're all fighting at nine right there's gonna be a lot of different a lot, a lot more people aren't gonna be dropping 20 pounds and then going you know you might have People dropping five, 10 pounds. You ain't going to drop 20 pounds and then, right. you know, step in the cage. You're not going to be effective. And I think you see that sometimes on some fights. Yeah, you'll yeah, see definitely. if somebody's doing too dramatic and they're mm-hmm. not, yeah, you'll see them sluggish. Yeah, sometimes people cut too much weight or or, mm-hmm. or they don't rehydrate. I think the, the biggest thing is the refuel. The biggest thing is after you weigh in, how are you refueling yourself? How are you you're drinking your water, your Pedialyte, your Gatorades, getting your... Because what I do is I do a water load. So I drink two, three gallons. Like say I weigh in on a Friday. I'm, I do a water load where I drink in... Three gallons on Sunday, two gallons on Monday, two gallons on Tuesday. It's water manipulation. So then your your body, you know, you start peeing a bunch, pee, 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 pee. Mm-hmm. And then all that water, so I, I may 
Like I'm cutting weight. I will weigh like 170, just full of water. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep that Wednesday, 170, lose my weight, pee all night. The next day I wake up, I'm like 155. I lost 15 pounds, just water. Boom. Wow. But then when I go work out, I take my sodium out, so I got no salt in me, so the water's not sticking to me. So as soon as I step on, put a sweatsuit on or, or, or go sit in the sauna, I'm just sweating, just dripping, just and it's all just water. Boom. So that's why I can lose that 20 pounds of water, boom, and put it all back on right after I weigh in. It's water manipulation. So, right. Okay. Yeah, definitely. There's, so when you're doing these training camps and that, do they really work with you on the nutrition piece too? Um, you got a good nutritionist, you, you know, do your research or, or find a nutritionist, find somebody who's going to help you out. But, you know, sometimes I've had a few camps where I get, you know, a person who, who sends me a diet plan and I'm, you know, eating a certain amount, eating this, this. Now I'm at a point where I like got it figured out for the most okay. part. But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure when I get signed to the UFC or, or um, Bellator or whatever, I have, I have more because what they do at the UFC, at the, at the Performance Institute, like they, they test your body, they put you on the machines and tell how low can you go, this is the way you can make, this is how much you can eat every day. This is They put you on a whole plan when you get that to that level. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I get, get to the UFC and just, you know, I can have these, these people take over my nutrition plan, give me something to where it's real easy, just straightforward. Hey, you got to eat this, you got to do that, you got to make sure you work out this much, your heart rate has to be like this. They do all that testing over there. So yeah, awesome. hopefully I get that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a nice little perk, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So hopefully, um, get to the UFC and get that, so I can make I can, I can make weight one thirty five, and uh, you know, have everything set in stone. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's interesting because sometimes when I I uh, am listening to the fighters and they're talking about their what they do and how they get ready for stuff, there are those fighters who say they use a lot of visualization. It's like they visualize themselves winning, or they visualize how they see a fight going. Do you do that? Or, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like, that's like my my opponent now. I'm fighting Josh Huber, and that's the only person on my mind is Josh Huber. Finishing him, visualizing that. I'm talking to my brothers, talking to my teammates, even when I'm training. This is how I'm going to finish him. This is, this is what's going to happen in the fight. This is how it's going to go. You see that. You see yourself there. Manifest it. You know, you manifest mm-hmm. that. Boom. It all comes It all comes to life when, when you get there. And you, you're, you, know, you know what to expect. You know what to expect, and you're, you're, you're ready for that. You're ready for that journey. You're ready for that mission. You're ready for that fight. You're ready for that because you already seen it. You have visualized it for a whole six weeks since you signed the contract. You visualized whooping that dude's ass. So, boom, right. focus, focus, focus. Josh Huber, Josh Huber. That's all I was saying. Josh Huber, Josh. That's the biggest part, visualizing, seeing it before it's happening. You're putting it out there in the air and, and making sure um, you got all that in your mind. Like, I, I, I see myself now talking. I'm seeing myself now, kneeing him in, kneeing him in the side, punching him in his face, you know, just see it all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. Visualize is a big thing for sure. And I think that's really interesting because I think that sometimes, and I mean, I know that you watch film of him and things like that. So you kind of get an idea. And then when you train, you try to find people who are going to somewhat mimic him. Or mm-hmm. That's usually what people do. Yeah. Do you find that's helpful? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially if you have somebody, you know, like say, you know, my teammates, um, we sit we, for this camp, sit there, watch some fire on the guy. Okay. That's what he likes to do a lot. Hey, so when we're training, he throws that overhand right. He throws a Superman punch all the time. Throws Superman punch punches at me when we're training. So when I do get into that fight, I already like I said, I already know what's gonna happen. I, I know he's gonna throw that right. I know when I see his leg move just a little bit, that leg kick's coming. If I see, I take little little notes of, of you know from the film or of when when you know you know okay, well I know when he does that, he's getting ready to do that. Yeah. Prepare yourself and and just see that to see it, see it there. Mm-hmm. And you know it's interesting because I know that they had the the fight was it last week or the week before. Where they wanted Glover to fight the guy, and he says, "I'm not going to do it because he said that there's a difference between fighting a left-handed 
fighter and a right-handed fighter. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I think especially at his stage in his career, because maybe maybe he was a young guy, maybe he was you know my my age, and they give you that fight. Well, you want to fight for the championship? You don't want to say yeah, sure. You know, be it's, what I what I tell people, it's not a it's not a tough man competition at that level. It's a business. What makes sense business wise? It didn't make sense for him to fight that because then if he loses, he only getting paid half his money, and on top of that, he loses. Because he's a tough guy and he can fight and he can fight on a week's notice against this other guy. Now you you didn't for your camp and you prepare so much for that type of person you're gonna fight. So it's like that's that's me. Some, some, uh, last year I had a not last year 2019. Um, I had a few opponent opponent change a week before the fight, two weeks before. I could have said no, like hey, no, I don't want to fight. I'm not gonna fight him. I've been preparing for this guy. But like I said, at my stage in my career, whatever. Come on, you know, let's do it. But if I'm on that level. And it's business-wise, it makes sense business-wise. Business-wise, it's not a smart decision because you put yourself in a bad spot with not being prepared or with uh, um, just putting yourself out there in that bad spot. You don't want to, you know. Well, I think there is a difference, too. You know, like you said, it's also that mental thing of when you are at that level because he's, you know, he was a champion and he's getting ready to go fight for the championship again Mm. is that thing of, you're right, if not necessarily that I lack the confidence to beat somebody, but there's always that... I mean, we saw it with Usman. We saw it with, <laughs> you know, we've seen it with, we saw these unexpected things, you know, with uh, these fighters who have held these championships and it just takes one, yeah, you know, it really takes one punch or one kick and change, you're out. Change your whole life. You know, <laughs> but I think the thing is, is that you're right in that case, you know, that 1% chance that you're not going to win, he can drop in rank and all of these other mm. things. That you're right does impact him yeah, in a different they, way. Yeah. And like you said, you're at this stage in your career that the more you fight, the more you get seen. Mm-hmm. You know, how does one get into the UFC? Basically, it's all about who you know. It's all about having good management. If you have good management and you know you know the right people. Like that's why I'm at the, the gym in New Mexico now. I know, you know, I know a bunch of people now. I got a bunch of connections to um basically it's all about who you know and your connections and if you're winning, you're winning on the regional scene, so you're winning you know, you're winning belts for the LFA for um, the bigger regional promotions. So usually they say like LFA. You win, you win an LFA title, you're gonna get called to the UFC. If you win um, CFFC, it's the East Coast promotion. You win the belt on there, you're more than likely gonna get called to the UFC or belt or get a major deal. So that's basically who you know and uh, just putting yourself in that right spot, putting yourself in the spotlight, fighting. You know, winning a regional regional belts, regional titles. Uh, yeah, but what I'm realizing now more than ever, just all about who you know, really. There's people in the UFC, you know, I, I could just dog walk. I could, you know, destroy it. But they know somebody who knows somebody, so they're in the UFC. So mm-hmm. if I knew somebody who knew somebody, I'd probably already be in the UFC. You know what I mean? So, uh, right. yeah, just putting yourself out there, knowing people, knowing the right people, having the right connections, and get there for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think I've come to realize that's in anything. Now, it's it's really, they're not looking at skill set. They're not looking at those things. It's, oh, you know, Joe, okay, then you get okay, it. we'll give you a shot. We'll give you a chance. And I think that sometimes I think can be a little discouraging as well, though. Yeah, definitely. To know your potential, but know that because you don't have that bridge, so to speak, it's like trying to navigate that when you, it should be on your skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think that's the one thing that, that gets me. It's when I'm watching UFC fights and I see a guy, I'm like, I would beat the hell out of this dude. I'd destroy him. But he's in the UFC somehow because he knows somebody or he fought for so-and-so, you know, his his friend is Henry Cejudo. So Henry Cejudo then says on the Dana White, and they, and they got connections. That's why he's fighting for the UFC. So it's like, oh, yeah, man, it's all about who you know for, for the main part. Mm-hmm. How do you network? 
Because, I mean, you know, even say if you need sponsorship or stuff, what is your process to network to get those things that you need to help you be successful? Just social media, really, you know, social media on Facebook or like I said, Twitter, Instagram, just network, share my information, share highlights, share past fights, just uh, constantly promote myself. Hey, come check me out. Or, or, or now, like like I said, I've been in New Mexico. I met, you know, John. I know John Jones, Holly Holm. Diego Sanchez, uh, my buddy, my buddy Pat, he's been fighting for a million dollars in the Bellator tournament. He's in the, the championships. Like, just meeting these people through that, through fighting. And then they, you know, they take you to a training at some place. And then you're, now you meet their coaches. And now you meet another person. And it's just, just like that. Just, you know, through the grapevine, seeing, meeting different people through fighting or uh, just sharing your story, sharing your story because people are interested. People are interested in how did you start fighting? How did you get into this? How are you? And then when you're good, it's another thing. You know, if I, if I sucked, I might, I might have a little more trouble. You know, and you're badass and you can kick everyone's ass and uh, do your thing. It's a lot easier. So, Social media, I think, has really played a big role for a lot of people in, in the networking piece of it. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. What brought you to MMA, though? Because you said you kind of grew up wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I grew up wrestling. Wrestled, wrestled for wife in high school. I went, so what, what brought me to fighting, I went and wrestled at CSU Pueblo. I went, I went wrestled D2. That didn't work out too close to home. Like I said, that's why I moved to New Mexico. Too close to home, you know, getting drunk, having a fun time with the buddies, doing all that extra shit. And then I went to, so I got kicked out the wrestling team. What was that? 2013. Got kicked out the wrestling team. Got dropped out of college. Then I was going to go to Fort Hayes. So I went, I went and stayed in Kansas for a little bit. I went and stayed in Kansas. Had a good time. I was going to talk, you know, talk to the wrestling coach, but I didn't go to school or nothing. I just stayed at my buddy's dorm room. Had a good time. But then, like I said, I was having too much of a good time. End up getting locked up. End up, oh, end up going to jail for like a, a, a marijuana possession. You know, in Kansas, it's illegal marijuana possession. Uh, and that was like my big wake up call. Like, uh oh. Uh, you don't want to live that type of life where you know you're in and out of jail doing this doing that so i came back i came back home to colorado started coaching wrestling at a, a gym it's called victory mma now you know that gym right mm-hmm. there off academy mm-hmm. used to be called what was it called i don't know what it was called but i started training with, with the wrestling i was coaching little kids in the gym i would see them training and stuff so I was like, ah, maybe i should go try it out so i tried some kickboxing tried some and i was good i was like hey all right let's start fighting so that's basically just you know just had to change my life, and I knew I, knew I only had it. You have a certain a certain window to to be an athlete, so I knew I had to take advantage of it. I was good at sports. I didn't want to my see my uh, athletic career end there. I, could, I couldn't do the school. So I just wasn't with the school, but hey, I could fight. I could you know show up to practice every day and, and put my work in, and and that's all I was. Just put you know put the work. I think I, I started training like September. I fought that January, so only trained for like you know three four months. Didn't know much. I just I just knew how to fight. I just knew how to you know box and. You know, any kicks, I used to never throw kicks. I used to just always just punch people. How yeah. do you feel like you're, if you had to look at your overall MMA, where do you feel like you're strongest in? Where are you still saying, you know, I really need to work having some of that improvement in those areas? Um, I got mad power. I knock out a lot of people. I got eight knockouts on my on my uh, record, which um, it's good and bad. It's bad because it's hard to find fights. Cause people look you up and they see your record and they see KO, 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 KO. So it's hard. They don't want to fight nobody knocking everybody out. So yeah, my strong point. I, I you know I, I'm good at boxing, wrestling, uh, getting way better at jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai. Muay Thai is getting really good. But yeah, I could probably uh, maybe a little more jujitsu, maybe more submissions. I don't really submit people a lot, so maybe it's my submissions I could work on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I feel now I feel like I'm I'm getting good everywhere. Muay Thai. It doesn't matter where the fight goes, ground, feet, whatever. I'm comfortable. I don't nice. I don't care where I where I go in the fight. I'm comfortable. So but yeah, just keep doing that. Just keep just keep doing little things. Um, because you said you're going to move back to Springs, so you said now your training is in Albuquerque. So what does that mean for you? I'm going to come back here and, and just find a new gym. 
I'll probably test a bunch of these gyms out. So I'll probably go to Victory MMA, check them out. I got a bunch of friends out here or a bunch of fighting mates, you know, a bunch of people who who uh, been following my career. We know we all hang out with each other, follow each other's career. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably come out here and um, try out a couple gyms and see see which one I like the most. Um, but, you know, I got my home. I got BJJ gym that I train at, Kraken MMA. Uh, no, Kraken BJJ uh, up off Awesome Bluffs. My uh, coach, Tyler Larson, is my coach over there. You know, I'll probably train at his gym. Just say, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, you know. Here, there. Uh, my my cousin trains. My cousin Adam Martinez. He just fought this last weekend. He's a, a pro fighter also and trains at Factory X. So I might I might go check out his gym. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens when I get back and play by ear. Well, I think it's kind of cool because you know living in a town where there are different gyms. You know, it's becoming more of a sport that people are really wanting to participate in, whether it's just to be in shape or whatever. I keep telling her go MMA. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> You've done, yeah, some, you've done some cardio so. kickboxing? Yeah, no, I have not. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. But yeah, it's fun. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. When I'm going to get back here, I think I'll just try out a, a bunch, a couple different gyms, see which one I like the most, see which coaches I, you know, I, I cling to or, or uh, you know, have a good relationship with, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We know Raquel. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. She... That, that, her coach that was that's in her corner is my <laughs> jiu-jitsu coach. Oh, nice. Okay. So her coach is my same coach in my corner. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. We like to follow the local ones. So, you know, the yeah, ones definitely. who fight out mm-hmm. of uh, here, Denver, mm-hmm. okay. uh, a little bit more because we like to support our little home state here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> but I think there's, there is. And I think that, the, I think that's the other really cool thing about what we've noticed about MMA is that you always talk about this. What do you like about MMA when we're watching the fights? You always say this. I do. <laughs> I don't know. At the end of the fight. I just love that it's there's always so much respect. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I love that part of it because you always see the the fighters go to each other and mm-hmm. you know they talk about they know that you you guys put your all into that yeah, and definitely. so I think it's, that's really cool. There's a certain it, it's almost like there's this air of respect. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because you know how it is before the fight and they're talking shit, right? You know, you know, all in your face, doing all that. But then when after you after you get in there. You know, after you step in that cage and, you, and that cage door gets locked and you go toe-to-toe with somebody and if, you know, even if you knock them out, some minimum, or if it's just a bloodbath, three-round war, that's mad respect because, you know, it takes a lot to get in that cage. It takes a lot to get in that cage and just, it's a wild, it's it's a crazy, it's crazy. It's, yeah. I love it, but it's crazy, it's crazy. <laughs> well, we're super excited because your fight will be our first MMA fight. Okay, yeah. 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 We're so excited about yeah. it. Hell yeah, it'll be um, fun. Because we talk about, you know, one of the things that's really important to us on this is having mentors, you know, and, you know, when you coach little kids and, and they get into wrestling, you become their mentor, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you role model these behaviors and stuff like that for you, who in MMA would be your mentor? Who are those fighters that you look up to and say, oh man, they have that kind of package or bits and pieces that you like of what they do. I'm a real big fan of Justin Gaethje, you know, Justin Gaethje. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Real big fan of him. I like his style. I feel like his style fits my style a lot. Bring okay. that, bring that car accident. Bring that. That's what he says. Bring. I want to bring a car accident. Mm-hmm. I want to. It don't oh, matter. He does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it don't matter. Head-on collision. I like that. I love. I love his mentality and his. Uh, so I would say Justin Gaethje. Yeah, Justin Gaethje. Cool. I like Henry Cejudo too. I, I respect his game. I want to fight him, but I respect his game. Let's think a few other people. Um, really, Justin Gaethje really is my is my, is my go-to guy when I when it comes to my head right away. Justin Gaethje. I love his style. I love the way. Uh, he just carries himself in the way, you know, represents Colorado. So, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Gaethje for sure is my, 
I always think it's so interesting too, you know, when they talk about it and you'll hear uh, when DC, Joe and John and all, when they're talking about it, you know, when you see the difference between a heavyweight fighter and you see the lower weights, the heavyweights, it's a lot of power. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and all it takes is one with them guys. You know, and mm-hmm. One hit and get hit with a Francis Nagano hits you and you're out, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a different, because it, it's almost like when you got, you guys do a lot more grappling, a lot more of that. And we've kind of seen, or I don't know, maybe, and I don't know, maybe this is something I'll ask you. Have you seen kind of a shift in that a little bit? Because, you know, and I know it's a lot of the the judging and stuff like that. So there's been all this controversy about how the judging has gone on. What are your thoughts about that? When you, what is your thought when you go, if you have a match that goes to the judging, how much anxiety or um, like, oh crap, did I do enough? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I think I've only, I think I only had what? I think if I had one decision as an amateur, I had a decision in my pro debut, but I knew I won that, you know, kind of, so it wasn't that that much of a, like, uh-oh. And I lost the decision, and I was like, uh, I lost. I didn't, I didn't do enough, so I, I knew that. Uh, but, yeah, it would have to be nerve-wracking, uh, if, especially if you, if you don't know if you didn't know, or it's a good, like, if it's, a, if it's back and forth, and especially, like you say, the, the, the judging controversy. You don't know who's judging. You don't know who the judge is. You don't know if that judge wrestled. You don't know if that judge did kickboxing. You don't know if that judge does Muay Thai. You don't know what that judge does or how much knowledge they have of the game. So maybe they saw it. Maybe you felt, you know, I was kicking them. I was taking them down. But maybe they don't care about takedowns. They care about you hitting them in the face. They care about the damage or they care about the uh, uh, submission attempts. So it's like you never know when it comes to that. And like the controversy we have now with the judges, like, because what everyone's trying to say, like, why don't we have fighters judging these fights? Why don't we have coaches, you know, people who know the game, people who, you know, why don't we have uh, retired fighters being the judges for the fights? Because they know what a fight wins. What, what it takes to win or, or they can, you know, see that that's a, clearly they won. Cause like, oh, who was it? What that Sean O'Malley fight? And the Sean, everyone was like, hold up. He got robbed. What, what's going on? He got robbed. And there's been a bunch of fights this year where people, um, like you can tell you guys as, as fans can say, oh, I know who won that fight. Mm-hmm. And then they announce the other guy. And you're like, ain't no way. How, how, there's no way. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I like to say to them, just don't, just don't go to the judges. That's my thing. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, and I think we keep hearing more and more of that now because of all the controversy. You know, we had the Patty fight just recently. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Another one. Ago that, mm-hmm. You know, that was really one of those things because, once again, he was very much controlling him. But then does that mean the judge sits there and says, but, I mean, I don't think I could control somebody yeah. on the for that long. That's a lot of freaking energy yeah, you're putting out there. Or, you know, when you have somebody on the ground for a while. But I never thought of that. That's really an interesting concept, an idea that you just said is bringing that bias in for whatever might be your thing. If you're into boxing and that's what you see, or if you're into jujitsu or whatever it is, is that what you're looking for in the fights? And is that what kind of you kind of lean more towards? Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting because there's a psychology to that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. definitely um, yeah. I just think you know, like, that, like when I tell my coaches and they don't like, I'm not even trying to see the judges. Let's let's just finish them. Let's let's get get the get the KO, get the submission. Because like I said, you never know. I could I could be beating the hell out of somebody for 15 minutes, and then they raise this other dude's hand because what I didn't beat him the way they wanted me to beat him. Mm-hmm. So, so this is another question I have for you. Is sometimes you know, and we'll talk about this too. Is that we'll be watching a fight, and the coaches will very clearly tell the fighter, "You need to do this," because they get a a different kind of view. Mm-hmm. You know, you being in the ring, you're definitely get you're like the engagement is very different for you. But oftentimes, how hard is it for you to listen to your coach if you're perceiving something else going on? Yeah, it's definitely really hard. I think 
what I do for my fights, with, like if you watch any of my videos, you can see what I do is I, so I go, you know, touch gloves or whatever, but I turn them right around and I bring them right to my corner. We're going to fight right in my corner. So I can hear my coach. I can hear my coach. I can hear everything, you know, mm -hmm. and, that, and that, that helps a lot. If you can sit there and put them in that corner, it's hard if you're in their corner and you hear their coaches, hey, do this, hey. Right. Or and, and their coaches will get in your head. He sucks. You don't know how to do this, you know. That'll get in your head. So what, like, what oh, I like okay. to do, That's good. yeah, what I do is I bring that fight straight to my corner. We're going to fight right here. We're going to fight right here. So I don't have, my coaches don't got to scream and yell. They can sit there and, and talk me through the fight and we, and we can do it that way. But, um, Oh, yeah, I think sense. I think it's it's really hard, especially if, if you know if it's a big crowd or it's really loud in there. It's like goes, it takes me back to like wrestling, like wrestling matches when my coaches are screaming, ah, and the crowd is going crazy. You don't hear nothing. You're in your zone. You're you know you don't hear nothing. But sometimes, like, oh, that's my coach's voice. Okay, mm -hmm. I can hear him. I think it, with MMA, like I said, with like bring them straight to my corner. That's where I like it. Boom, bringing the people straight to my corner. Everyone can hear everything. They got to yell. Hey, grab his wrist. Hey, take his back. Hey, take him down. Cool. That's that's a smart thing to do. <laughs> really, yeah. see everybody listening. Yeah, definitely. But, bring make sure you bring them straight to your corner. Right. And I think, like in that instance, it's in the moment. But at the end of a round, you go back and your coaches are talking to you because we see this sometimes where the coach is talking and they'll say very clearly, you know, you can't do this because this continues. So they'll say sometimes stop kicking because they're getting you down with that or whatever. And the person goes right out and continues to do what they do. Mm -hmm. How hard is it to not do what you? we're doing do you uh, see what i mean because there's yeah, a mental yeah, yeah, piece yeah. to that um, i think it's definitely hard uh i think what you like hard for the coaches too is because you're, you're telling your fighter do this you're doing this and it's you know it's putting you in a bad spot do this and then you don't listen they're like oh my god like why is this guy listening but like i say when you're out there sometimes i've had fights uh i think my might be my sixth my sixth amateur fight. i broke my hand the first 30 seconds of the fight boom broke my hand and when i went back to the corner round two round three i didn't hear i don't I blacked out. I don't remember the fight. I don't even remember the fight because I was just so adrenaline pumped, hand broken. My coaches were telling me things to do. I didn't listen to them at all because I was so in that zone in that moment. So I mean, it, you know, it, it's, and it comes and it comes with age. It comes with the uh, experience. Now I can really hear my coaches and, and, and you know we talk about everything. We, if we if we go to the second round, we can have that good kind. I can listen to them and okay, because they, they like you say they they're seeing things. You're in there, you you know, you can uh, throw your right, and that's when they say, throw your two, because they see they see that. They can see it from over there, that that two is open. Throw that two. Listen to your coaches. Listen to exactly what they're telling you, because they're seeing it from a different perspective that's there. And I think that's the other thing that we really like, too, about MMA is that relationship. And you can very definitely see that relationship mm -hmm. with between coaches and you can see when it's not there too. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. definitely. And when that's a big, that's a very important thing also as a fighter. Having great, having good coaches, having your coaches support you, and just having that relationship with your coaches because you got to trust them that they're telling you the right stuff. Because imagine if you got a coach you don't know, or somebody that you didn't want in your corner because you got pressured to having this guy in your corner or, or blah blah blah, and they're and they're telling you stuff that that's not that's not your style though. You don't you don't fight like that. Or they're telling you, you need to do this. You're like, I don't do that. That's not what I do. You, you weren't watching me during my fight camp to see what I was doing. So my, I got the same coaches I've had maybe since my second fight. My, my coach Jeff Martin and Ty Larson, my, my coaches. And I send them like clips of me sparring or I send them uh, uh, videos or we talk, you know, we talk, okay, this is a game plan for this guy. And uh, that good relationship with my coaches takes you a long way. If you have that great relationship with your coaches, it takes you a long way. So Another thing I think, you know, when we talk about the mental piece of because you know me, I'm always a therapist here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was really funny because, you know, when Amanda Nunes was with her group after every fight, you know, you could see that relationship she had with that head coach. He'd pick her up. He'd do this. And then when she had to make that tough decision to leave that 
And, you know, she said, you know, how can I fight the person who sometimes may be aspiring? How much of that really, to me, it seems like it would play a role in that. Because if you develop a friendship with them or you, and you know, you've seen that with oh, some yeah, of the yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a big thing for me. I won't fight. If I fight, I won't, I won't take that. Because I'm at Jackson Wink. So I'm at Jackson Wink now. I fought two guys from that gym before I before I moved there. So I fought two of their guys, and now I'm teammates with them. I'm, you know, I'm buddies with them. We, we cool as hell. We, if I'm like your teammate, if, we, if we've been training for two, three years together, and we've been getting in, grinding, I'm not going to fight. There's no there's no reason for that. Well, don't you also think that that it puts both of you at a disadvantage? Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. you know you know all your moves, and it also puts you at a disadvantage because like what I tell people like, and because I got to go to uh, the place that I go when I fight, like I gotta. Have the mindset I'm going to kill you. That's that's me. I'm a, I'm in the ring for one reason, one reason only. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to. The only reason why you're going to stay alive after this fight is because the referee is going to save you. There's no. If there was no referee here, I would kill you with my bare hands. And that's the that's where I got to go to get to do what I got to do. I couldn't do that to my friend. I couldn't do that. You know, I, I, like I said, my cousin fights. And I get a lot of people. Hey, would you ever fight your cousin? I'm like, no, I would never fight my cousin. Now you couldn't pay me twenty billion dollars to fight my cousin because I have to go to that dark place. I don't want to do that to my cousin. I don't want to do that. That's just like a teammate. Why why would I the dark place it's a, it's a crazy world out there. Yeah. So. Do you feel like a lot of people have to go uh, as a fighter that they have to go somewhat to a darker place? Because if you don't, then and I don't know, sometimes I wonder who are they fighting too. Yeah, I mean you know? it just depends. You know, you got the people like uh, uh who just fought a couple weeks ago against Kevin uh Stephen Thompson, yeah, like Stephen Thompson, real nice, real nice guy, oh, laid God, back. Yes. Real nice, <laughs> laid back, chill, you know, and like I but I if you probably go to that dark place too, where you know you I mean I think I just think if anybody, if you're a fighter, like you gotta go to some type of dark place. You gotta have some type of you're not fighting for no reason. You got some type of demon, some type of something Well, there has to create be that motivation. Yeah, something something to give you that just like I said, you're, you're punching, kicking, you're like madness. So what motivates you to do this? Because it, it's it's brutal on the body. It's yeah, brutal on the mind. Um, I don't know. I just love fighting. I just love and to, to get paid for it. To, to, you could do it legally? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I can legally destroy you. I can legally beat you up and, and not get in trouble. I don't got to go to jail. I don't got to, I don't got an assault charge or nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just love fighting. I've always loved fighting. I've loved fighting before I started fighting. You know? Fighting at parties, fighting in school, fighting my brothers. Um, just always loved fighting. Always loved fighting. Um, I'm blessed that I have the opportunity and, and, and uh, my body's able to keep up with my training and keep up with what I'm doing. I'm blessed to be able to, to like I said, just beat people up. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> and to get paid for it. It's beautiful. All right. right. Yeah, I'll do it. But I think there's something too that I think sometimes when people do have that, you know, when you get into, you know, and oftentimes, you know, when I'm working with people and especially my young males, you know, they'll have more of that aggressive thing. And I'm like, go find an outlet for that. Mm-hmm. Go find a constructive outlet that's going to, and a lot of times, you know, we are, but we're putting them into a Taekwondo or we're going uh, little five-year-old Taekwondo. Or we're gonna like, know, man, ra- wrestling, wrestling, uh, <laughs> wrestling, jiu-jitsu, something. Yeah, definitely something. De- definitely. And that's, I mean, that's a big thing too. Like I, my attitude or like my, uh, I say if I don't train, if I don't train, like if I'm just chilling, I'm not training, I might not, like my attitude is different. I don't. I got, like I said, I got that extra, I got that extra in me. Then I go train. I go train for three hours. I come back nice and relaxed, nice and chill. Need that outlet. Need that outlet. Mm-hmm. If I don't go train for two, three days, I'm doing something. My mind gets all weird, you know? So, yeah, definitely. It's a great outlet. Great outlet just to. Go and expel yeah, some of yeah. that energy. Go, go, go and hit something or, you know, go kick something. Go get a real good workout, good running. Just that just keeps you keeps, keeps me coming back. I'm addicted to that. I'm addicted to the. The process. I'm addicted to the process. I'm addicted to the journey. I'm addicted to the uh, seeing how far I can go. You know, seeing how far I can go. And I'm right there, five and two pro, 
UFC is there. Yeah. I can see it. I can, I can feel it. I, I, I'm watching my teammates get signed to the UFC, the teammates, and I'm beating up at practice. You know, I'm watching my teammates, so I know I'm right there. So right. you got to stay focused, continue on the journey, continue the process. And like the rest is gonna happen. The rest is gonna, it's gonna be beautiful. So just gotta, you know, stay on my things and be good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we talk about often is the importance of of following your dream, having a process, understand it's a journey, and to invest in you. And how much you invest in you becomes your investment in your journey mm-hmm. as well. So final question. Oh, go on. Well, I do have real quickly. I know that you do music too, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So where does that fit in with um, your... Um, so this is my whole plan. This is my, this would have been my plan since the jump. I've been making music since like eighth grade. But my whole thing was, it, before I started fighting, it was like, okay, should I go 100% to music? Mm-hmm. Or should I, you know, like I said, be an athlete? I only have a certain time. I figured, hey, I only have a certain time to be an athlete. I can make music until I'm 60. Right. I can make music until, I'm, until I die, you know? Right. So the focus is fight, get in the UFC, get this money, get right. And then I could start dropping music videos, and, and and then when I get done fighting, you know, another five, six years of fighting, however long, who knows, five, ten years, who knows how long I'll be fighting. But then I can do, I can focus on my music, I can focus on my music, and I have the money to do it. You know, it takes money to to do your music and do and music videos and all that. So yeah, but my music is ties into um, everything. I, do. I make a lot of music, and, and uh, that's part of my that's my after fighting. Uh-huh. That's what I'm put my hundred percent in is the music. So yeah, definitely. Nice. So real quickly along with that line. So talk a little bit about, do you write your own music? Do you yeah, I write my own music, everything. Um, I write all my own music. And write, what genre do you do? Hip-hop, or R&B. I do, so I do a couple, you know, I got a few love songs. I got a few gangster <laughs> songs. I got, I got a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. So, um, yeah, I got a song, Motivation Songs. You know, I got a song called Dreaming Out There. It's a really good song. Uh, I got a song, uh, uh, Be Alone. It's kind of a suicide song, something, you know, about just everything. So I just try to touch Based off of my life or based off my experiences, I make music based off of my experiences in my life and been trying to share with everybody to see if they can relate to it, you know? So right. a lot of songs that can relate to people or, or, or tell my story. I got a song called How, how It Started. It mm-hmm. explains the whole process and how I started fighting. It tells you everything, like I, I end up in jail, how I end up in jail, how I end up back here, how I did that. Awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Um, plays cool. a big part, for well, sure. how cool. Final question for you. Your son is going to be a wrestler? Definitely. Oh, yeah. State <laughs> champion. Four-timer. He'll be a four-timer. <laughs> and he'll be starting that training next week, people. Yeah, know? Yep. he started last week. <laughs> he's already beating dad up. He started up. last week. <laughs> he's already beating people up, so yeah. he might as well. And he's really funny. He's really funny. Ever since he's been born, I, I like, take him down. I take down two. And now he'll do it by himself. He'll, he'll, I'll, he'll come up. I'll say, wrestle. Let's, let's go. Let's wrestle. I'll grab him. And he goes on the floor. He goes, <laughs> you got it you got it that is so awesome we are so happy you joined us it's yeah, been a pleasure appreciate you guys um, thank you guys you know thank you guys uh for sponsoring me and all that i appreciate you guys much love for sure um can't wait for you guys to come to this fight i'll make weight when the fight's gonna happen i'll make weight and it'll be a beautiful you guys will love it it's, oh it's, we are so we are so so excited yeah, MMA, mma live is a whole different experience from watching on tv when you're there oh. live oh it's Ooh. Oh, we're ready. It's gonna and, be awesome. And on the main events, you know, everyone's gonna be drunk as hell by the time my fight comes. So, you <laughs> might, so you there might be fights yeah, on the exactly. outside so that we'll be see, watching. You might see two or three fights right next to you, and you're looking to the left, looking to the right. Like, mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, once again, we so appreciate it, and people, AJ Rob, and once again, you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hit him up for some tickets. He will be fighting January 28th, 28th yep. in Aurora. Yep, yep. Aurora, okay. yep, Denver. Main event, January 28th. Awesome. And once again, thank you all for joining us. I uh, hope that you have a really great holiday. 
and we will be back next week. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. <laughs>